Hey, my name is Amanda. I want to thank you for joining us today. We hope that this message inspires you, builds your faith, and helps you find your next step toward Jesus. Enjoy the message. Our scripture this morning is out of Romans chapter 12, verses 9 through 13. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. This is the word of God for the people of God. You can have a seat. you guys? Anybody shipyard last night? This weekend? Yes! Thank you guys. It was so fun to stop by the yard and see y'all serving people and caring for our community. That was just such a blast. Um, so anyway, thank you. I'm glad we get to be partners with them. That was, that was a real joy. Uh, so um, one thing, before we get going, when you came in, um, you should have gotten a card that looks like this, and you're gonna need a pin. Um, and so there's some pins in the seat backs in front of you, but there may not be enough. So if you did not get a card or a pin, or you can't find one, would you just stick your hand up in the air and someone will come and collect $20 from you. No, I'm, they, will, they will give you one of those. Okay, yeah, yeah, you'll need that in a bit. Um, so yeah, hey, my name is Brett Cheek. I'm um, on staff here, I'm one of the pastors, and we are in week six, I think, of a relationship series. We're kind of on, um, uh, on the downhill, like we're landing it next week, but uh, as we were heading through this series, there was just something that was on my mind um, about a lot of things in terms, like when we do sermon series stuff. Here's, here's my challenge. I am an idea guy, and I am a feeling guy. I'm not super great at like the practical and the task stuff. Does anybody, you, got, you, you are a task person, maybe hand up in the air. You know how to actually do things. Some of you, yes. See, here's, the, here's how this works in my life. I walk by something in my house that needs fixing, and I think, we should fix that. <laughs> and then I'm done. Yeah, you know, right? And I'm lucky I'm married to somebody who sees that and they like put something in the budget and they make a phone call and they make space. They're like, next Saturday, we're going to go to Lowe's and we're going to buy the, you know. And the action piece, it turns out, I know this is shocking for people like me, it turns out that the actual doing the stuff matters. Like at some point, all of the good intentions and the feelings and the, and the thoughts that I have um, don't actually get anything done until we like put, put feet on them, you know, and, and get to work. And, uh, and so this, um, today, I just wanted to talk a little bit about what that could look like in terms of our relationships because we've talked about a lot of stuff. Now, 
one way that you could frame the Christian life. Um, maybe you're, you're here today, you're not even um, a Christian, but you're with us, so thank you for being with us today. But one way maybe that you could understand the Christian life is it's a response. Um, the Christian life does not start with us. It doesn't start with what we do or what we believe. It doesn't start with how badly we want anything or the needs that we feel. The Christian life starts with a response to what God has already done. And there's a place in the New Testament, um, the book of Romans, Paul, the Apostle Paul is writing to the church in Rome, one of the first churches. And uh, this is a church that's experiencing some internal difficulty, and he's writing into that context to try to give them some help. Now, the book of Romans, just a little history piece, is the book that has had more written about it than any other book in all of history. Any, any book ever written, the book of Romans has had more said about it than any other book in all of history. And what's interesting though, if we could maybe take a look at it, is most of it is really about what's, what's commented on the book of Romans, especially since Martin Luther with the Reformation, um, is really just about the first 11 chapters. Now let's talk about why. Because the first 11 chapters are focusing on how both Jews and Gentiles are saved in the same way and have the same standing before God because they're having some um, ethnic tension, they're having some cultural tension in their church between these two groups and Paul's writing into that context to try to help. And he says these things about what God has done, for example, um, in Romans uh, five. Let's, let's take a look, this is a good, good summary maybe of the thing that God has done. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And the Apostle Paul is talking about how that us is important. All of us, everyone, he came for everyone, saved us all in the same way, gives us the same standing in front of the Father. He, he's pulled us all into the kingdom by his sacrificial love that God comes in the person of Christ to take our sin and our separation on himself and our shame on himself and cover it all by his death on the cross so that we can all be with him forever. And, and this beautiful argument gets laid out over the first 11 chapters of what God has done. And then in chapter 11, Paul ends it by almost like losing his mind in worship. I mean, he just erupts in love for God. And he burst into this, this song. And chapter 11 ends like this. Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments, his paths are beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor? Who has ever given to God that God should repay them? For from him and through him and for him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. And this is Paul's like internal, like explosive response to what God has done. You could say that like the ideas that are filling him about who God is, what's filling his heart is just absolutely overflowing. And we, we learn the gospel in that way and we respond to the gospel in that way. 
What's interesting to me though, is that all of this talk about what God has done isn't the end of the book. But it is what has gotten more than 90% of the attention of everything that's been said about it, especially over the last 600 years. Chapters 12, 13, 14, 15, and 16 are not about what God has done. Anybody want to guess what they're about? No guesses. Our response. It's about what we need to do. Because of what God has done, it turns out that it actually impacts our lives and needs to move to action. Simply walking by the gospel and going, how wonderful is that? And and that being it isn't enough. And I'm the kind of person that needs to hear that. At some point, we need the person to walk by and go, so what are we gonna do in response to that thing? And then Paul, he launches into talking about how it's not just like this this wonder of, of God, but it needs to impact how we live. And like I said, I'm great with um, big concepts. Like if someone said, hey Brett, being healthy physically is important. I'm gonna go, yes, yes, isn't that great? And they're gonna go, so how many calories a day do you eat? And I'm gonna say, get out of my life, man. <laughs> like who asked you? You know, how many times a week do you exercise? I'm gonna say, do you have somewhere else to be because this is, this is not, and, and here's the thing, because, because the concept, I love it. But as soon as we start talking about like, so what are we gonna do? I tend to get a little defensive because I, I enjoy thinking about things. I enjoy feeling things. But when things hit my life, when things hit my calendar, that, that's when I tend to kind of like, woo, put a wall up. But Paul, so he opens chapter 12, talking about how our lives He talks about our bodies, our whole life, head to toe, is a living sacrifice in front of God with how we live. And then he gets gets interestingly um, specific, or he toggles, I would say, between the internal things and the external things. Maybe we could just look at, starting in verse 9 of chapter 12. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil and cling to what is good. Okay, I could see that as an internal kind of thing. Be devoted to one another in love. That feels a little more external. Honor one another above yourselves. When was the last time I honored somebody? When was the last time you took time to honor someone? Gosh, that, that, that's starting to push on my, like my life and how I actually live. Never be lacking in zeal or keep, and keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Okay, maybe I could see that as an internal thing. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need and practice hospitality. Ooh. When, when was the last time that there was someone in need and I, I gave to the point that it stretched me for them? Gosh, that's external. That's a little bit like, Paul, get out of my business, man. Practice hospitality. The, the idea that I have, I have a space in my, in my home. I have a seat at my table. 
I have food in my fridge. And when was the last time that I, in response to what God has done for me, I invited someone to that seat. I put a plate in front of them. I gave them, I gave them time. I sat down with them on my couch and looked them in the eye and, and made space for them with my attention. And I practiced hospitality. That, that's, that's pushing past lovely ideas. And that, that's getting to something that's, that's really on the ground there. And, and then check this one out. Bless those who persecute you. You're joking. Right? Bless, I mean, could you imagine a more challenging external response to the gospel? Bless those who persecute you. He doubles up. Bless and do not curse, just in case you wanted to wiggle out of it. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. When, when was the last time that there was someone of low position that I was so connected to that someone would say, I'm a, I associate you two? When I think of that person, that, that addicted person, that person who really screwed up their marriage, that person whose sexual identity I, I, I don't uh, agree with, that person whose political affiliation I don't agree with, that, that person who really frustrates me, that, that whatever it is, when I think of that person, I think of Brett because they spend so much time together. I associate the two. How about you? When was the last time that someone saw someone of low position and they thought of you? because of how much time you spend with them. Be willing to be associated with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil, but be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. Yikes. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. And he just keeps going. Oh, that's why everyone stops at chapter 11. Because that's all the ideas and it feels so good and it's so true. And when we stop there, we get to leave church or close our Bible in the morning or whatever and we just get to kind of go about our lives the way we, we have. I get to. And, and scripture, if, if we allow it to, it just pushes us all the way to guys. What are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? And, and it turns out that if we miss the jump, from what God has done for me and the good ideas and the feelings that I have and the beliefs that I have, if we miss the jump between that and actually living out in the world, the world never changes. And maybe we don't actually think it's true, the things that we believe. Maybe we just hold to them a little bit like, uh, like a security blanket or like an emotional support pet that make us feel good but when it's time to move to action, if we miss that jump, it maybe it means that we don't actually believe it, but it at least means that the world is not changed. But when someone does, they tend to change people's lives. When someone makes that jump into like the practical action of their life in response to their gospel, everything is different. When I, when I comb through my life and I think about um, the people that have done that well, uh, this may sound like a little sappy, but the person like at the top of my list is my grandmother, my grandmother, Joanne Wright. And my whole life, 40 years of her like saturating my life with practical love. 
And the ways that she spends time um, with, with my kids, that's, that's my grandma. Um, and uh, one of the ways that she does that is by feeding people. Can I get an amen? Um, and she just like loves to pour out the love of God on people. And it, it, I got one of like the kids talked her into pushing her on the swing um, over here. Yeah. And there's like, God, I hope that's going to go well because, um, you know, that could go badly. But listen, I remember like I was graduating from high school. And at my high school graduation party, I almost felt a little embarrassed. I got this like this thick, this scrapbook that was like my entire life in this scrapbook that she had been putting together for 17 years, you know? And, and what's weird, high school graduation party, right? All of my friends ended up gathered around the couch going through page by page at the care she had taken, the ways that she writes notes, and not just for my birthday or, or other people's birthday. This just isn't about me. This is about like everybody that she knows, it seems. It's, it's anniversaries and, and Valentine's Day, and did you know it's National Chocolate Chip Cookie Day, so here's a, you know, like, like the care that she takes for people and the way she gives gifts. Like it's not just an Amazon gift card. I mean, like those are fine. But it's the, she often gives the kind of gift that when you open the box, you look at it and you go, oh, Ooh, she thought about that one. And now she spends most of her days caring for her husband of 70 years, who's 94. And the, the ways that she just pours out her life in the practical, it's just absolutely beautiful. And it turns out, it, 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 she has been one of the people that has kept my life moving in the direction of Jesus. And I, I believe that it's connected to in every home that she's lived in, she has this set-aside space as her prayer room where she goes to meet with the Lord every morning since as long as I've known her. That for her, meeting with the Lord means making space for people. So what about, what about you? What would it look like? We've been talking for six weeks. This is the sixth, I think. And we've covered a lot of ground. Um, the first week, we talked about how something's missing, that in our culture, in our relationships, um, that something is missing. Things are, are not what they should be, and that God is a relational God, and so he um, built us in his image, and we are relational people. If you want to have a good life, you got to have good relationships. Relationships are the currency of life. No one has bad relationships in a life that you want, but there are people you know that have like nothing, but their relationships are so good you just want to get around him, right? Something's missing. The, the week after that, we talk about promise keeping, and especially in, in friendships, that maybe one of the things that's missing but is essential for relationships is both making commitments and keeping commitments. Maybe that's an area that's lacking in your life. It seems to be like a, there's been a cultural erosion there, both to make commitments and keep commitments. That that's, that's what fortifies relationships. Um, the, the week after, we talked about that maybe we could frame the, the Christian goal of a relationship it is, is living in a way that says, I am trustworthy and you are worthy of being loved. That that's like the goal of a relationship, that we would live in a way that says, I am trustworthy and you are worthy of being loved. And whether that's your mother or your son or your roommate or your, or your best friend or the person at the cubicle across from you, that you would live in a way that says, I am trustworthy and you are worthy of being loved. Why? Because that's how, that's how Jesus lived. And we talked about conflict, forgiveness and reconciliation and that there's, there's a hope and that there's, there's repair 
that's available for relationships that have been ruptured. And that as Christians, we follow Jesus and we make space for repair, for forgiveness, for repentance, for restoring relationships. I mean, can you think of something more practical and more challenging? I, I don't know that I can. And then last week, uh, we talked about the unique challenges of being hurt in church. And that churches are a place that we will be hurt, but it's where we are healed. We are healed in community, and we either grow in community or we don't really grow at all. That's just how it is. And, and kind of the remedy, maybe, or the action to being wounded in church is that we need to be able to speak the truth in love. We need to be able to speak the truth in love. It's more complicated than that. I know we drilled down into it, but maybe over all of it, there's our relationships need to be able to speak the truth in love. So whether those are the categories or not that you need to think in, I, I just wanna push us a little bit um, to talk about some practical action. So that's why we gave out a card and, and, some, uh, and some pins there if you wanna go ahead and grab that. Um, now here's the thing, I am not going to, um, you, y'all are smart people, I'm not gonna insult your intelligence by telling you how to use it. Um, so this is the part where you grab it, the, the card and the pin. Y'all got it? Give me a thumbs up if you got it. Okay, I'm, I'm seeing some not thumbs. Okay, all right, <laughs> um, and, uh, and this is the part where we move to, the, move to the action. Okay, and just to walk you through, there's like a who, there's a goal, and there's an action. So let me just walk you through. Maybe, maybe there's a name, a who that comes up. Maybe it's, it's, uh, it's your neighbor, right? And, um, and, and what you want is you, you, want, to, you want to improve um, the relationship. You want, you want a better relationship, right? That's the goal with your neighbor. And the reason why your relationship is a little strained is they, is they have this chihuahua that drives you crazy, right? And every time it starts barking, you do the same thing. You pick the chihuahua up, you lovingly, you lovingly put um, the correct postage on it for shipping to Singapore, and you shove it in, in the mailbox, and you put up the red flag. And after a few times of, of you putting the chihuahua in the mailbox and the post um, person has never taken it, and you're very depressed about this, and, um, and your neighbor is mad that they have to keep taking their chihuahua out of the, can we just talk about chihuahuas for a second? If your dog can fit in your purse, it's not a dog, it's a squirrel. Okay, can we just, all right, and, and I'm, I'm sure I've offended you, and I'm okay with that. Okay, all right, so, uh, and, and so, and um, I'm sure your squirrel was lovely. Okay, so um, neighbor, you want a better relationship with your neighbor, and there is the action is that you're going, you're going to be nice to the squirrel. You're gonna be nice to the dog. You're gonna be nice to the dog. Okay, now, um, and it helps me to walk it all the way down to, so what am, I, what am I going to do? Now, I put three spaces on there just to push us a little bit um, in three categories. Easy, stretch, and challenge. And just right now, um, I'd just like you to consider and let maybe God bring to your mind three names. Maybe it's just two. Maybe the challenge one is so heavy, you're like, that's all I, I got energy for right now. But would you just take some time right now and, and who would fit in those categories? 
Where, where is an easy relationship? Maybe it's not even broken, it just could be better. It just could be better, it could be more intentional. Would you just take some time right now and what are those three names that come to your mind? The easy one, maybe it's a parent or a child or a neighbor. Maybe the stretch or the challenge is a parent or a child or a neighbor. You might be thinking, Brett, I'm sitting next to the person that is in the challenge category. (laughs) Write their name in code. Just give you time for that right now. That's what we're doing. And then what would the goal be there? Is it that you would talk again? Is it that you would make and keep your commitments? Maybe borrowing from Romans 12, is it that you would practice hospitality or that you would bless those who persecute you? What would the goal be? And then action. Maybe this is something you need to take home and continue to pray about it and mull over it. I just want to get this started. Maybe this lives in your, in your Bible or in that little like center console thing in your car where you see it when you head to work in the morning. And it's worth remembering that God is already working in their life too. You know, Paul said, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. I don't know that our actions can fix anything, but as far as it goes with us, we can do our part. God is already at work in their life. A couple days ago, I was at a conference with a couple thousand people and a lot of pastors in the room. There was an individual there that I just, he doesn't even know it, doesn't even know it, but I've got a thing, I just have a thing, you know. And I walked him on Thursday night and was just spending some time with the Lord and with my journal in this big room with lots of people. And I wrote down that I should have that person pray for me that night. And I was like, say out of my business, Jesus, come on. And, but I, okay, I'll have that person pray for me. And during a prayer response time, I, I just got out in the aisle and got down on my face and, um, in kind of worship and I felt this hand on my back. Someone was praying for me. And out of 2,000 people in that room, I looked up and it was that person. God's already at work. God's already at work. 
just to close today. Jesus, when he's gathering his disciples for a final teaching before he's betrayed and goes to the cross, among those many things, John 13, he says, a new command I give you, love one another. Sounds great, very internal for me, but then he defines it. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. And by this, everyone will know that you were my disciples if you love one another. Dear friends, our God loved us with his actions. He even made a plan and went to work on our behalf to restore our relationship even though it took him all the way to the cross. And as much as it doesn't really fit my personality, I can't use that as an excuse. If we're gonna live into the relationships God has for us, let us be like him. Let's put it in the work. It's worth it. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, help us. Help us to be like you and to love like you and to follow you. And God, would you give us the right next steps and make a way for us that as far as it goes with us, that we would strengthen the good relationships that we, would, that we have, that we would work to repair relationships that are broken, that we would begin relationships with people that are on your heart, whatever it is. Jesus, help us to take the next step. Amen. If you enjoyed today's message, make sure to subscribe to this channel. Feel free to share this with others that God has put on your heart. To learn more about LaCroix Church or to find your next steps, head to lacroixchurch.org. Thanks again for checking us out, and we hope to see you soon.